Oh my goodness. I think, I think if my calculations are correct, this is a live best show right now. If I could get confirmation, that'd be sweet. Coast to coast. Coast to coast, just like Art Bleepin' Bell. How about that? Worldwide. Worldwide and coast to coast, just like George Bleepin' Nori. Doing it all. Making it happen. The worldwide, the best shows worldwide, and none of you punks ever appreciated that. We climbed out of the turlet with this thing. Climbed out of the turlet, did it ourselves, and here we stand. Ready to keep doing it. And look, is tonight a great night? No, it's not. I feel like garbage, but I'll keep going. I'm here to do a little show, put a little dance, do a little song, do a little dance, maybe a little seltzer down your pants. We do a best show style. That's what we do. The phone number is 201-332-3484. I'm going to turn this frown upside down for myself and for you. Yeah. You know, it is. Some days are just, I think, I think today is a day where everybody, everybody ain't feeling so hot. Am I right? Let me take the temperature right now. Pat, scale of one to 10, how are you feeling? I'm feeling good now. I mean, I'm feeling, uh, kind of loose, kind of wonky, kind of fun. I mean, but today was definitely a longy and. Mm-hmm. There was a there was much procrastination, so I'm gonna say Ooh. eight. So you're a, you're at an eight right now, but during the day you were not. No, I was I was a solid four to six. Yeah. Okay. Mike, how are you feeling? Scale of one to ten. Feeling like a seven. Seven. Oh boy. Well, very, very <laughs> well my sleep. Well, considering I only woke up a couple hours ago, I had one of these bizarre long afternoon naps. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I, I got up at 7, 7 p.m. And mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm fresh, right. as, fresh well, as a daisy. Fresh as a daisy. <laughs> well, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say that. You say you're a seven. You're actually a four. <laughs> oh, thank you. Because you took an afternoon nap. It's, you might feel You might feel like a seven. You're a four feeling like a seven right now. Uh-huh. That's what I had yesterday, Tom. Well, guess what you had yesterday? Yeah, yeah. You had a filet fish sandwich. Yeah. Yeah. I tried that uh, stomach buster. Oh, what, the uh, Popeye's one? The Popeye's, yeah. Yeah? What what hospital room are you calling from (laughs) tonight? (laughs) Wasn't that bad? Although I could see if you do have uh, stomach issues, it was was kind of spicy. It's spicy. Yeah, yeah. That's all I'm saying. It's that that Cajun spice, yeah. It's and good. I, and I went too far. I even ordered the uh, shrimp, the shrimp basket. Yeah, you, you, went know, you lost ugh. your cool. Yeah, no, I mean, you might as well just buy knots of uh, batter. I mean, the, the shrimp mm-hmm. in there, you know, but it's like, all you taste is the batter. So it's like, what am I eating here? Seems like Popeye's needs a shrimp connect. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Studio, scale of one to 10, how you feeling? Uh, right now, I'm feeling about an eight. Uh, earlier, probably about a three. No, eight. Oh, so you uh, went from a three to an eight. Yeah, wow, I'm saying I I have greatly improved right now. Oh, that's good to hear. That's good. I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear that. 
Yeah, I'm hovering in the lower lower quadrants of the uh, scale, but you know what? I'm here, baby. I'm here to do the best show. Procrastination is the topic, so let us go and do what we do when we do the best show. Let's say I sound like Claire O'Kane now. Uh, let's do what we do when I do the best show. How do you like that, Claire O'Kane? That's my impression of you. Yeah, burnt, burnt. Bing bong. And you know, you only do impressions of the ones you love. Remember that. And remember this. It's time for the best show. What's up, everybody? My friend Tom here. Tom Sharpling, you remember me. Funny guy who was best known for... I don't know exactly what. I don't know. What am I known for? For this show. That's what I'm known for. What am I doing? It's a show you're listening to. Ain't called The Best Show. I ain't no accident. You can't just go and call your show The Best Show. You know the committees I had to go through to get this thing called the best show? The the people that had to sign off on it? You know what to sign off on this thing? I had to get Tom Sizemore on board with this thing. He had to approve it. And others. 
it was pretty much Tom Sizemore. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, what's up, guys? Phone number 201-332-3484. The topic tonight, procrastination. We're going to talk about procrastination. It's something we've all dealt with, I'm assuming, for the most part, unless you're a fast bender, right? Unless you're fast bender. He ain't dealt with no procrastination. He made 48 movies, and he croaked young. Uh, but I ain't no fast bender. You ain't no fast bender. The rest of us mere mortals got to fight with procrastination all the t- all the ding dong day, huh? And uh, but but we don't. But well, let's talk about it. Let's talk about the the excuses we make, the fibs we tell ourselves, the the bizarre slash irrational justifications, all of it. Let's talk about procrastination. Then we can know we do it and hear ourselves say it out loud and hear others say we know we're not alone. So, yeah, give a call. Got the crew here. Got uh, 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 got the, 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 the Pat. Is there Pat any calls? Full phone bank. Give me a call right off the bat. Let me get this. Let me get the ball rolling on this. Hello. Hello. Hi. Welcome to the best show. To whom am I speaking? Hi, Tom. This is Caitlin from Rochester. Caitlin from Rochester. How are you, Caitlin? I'm doing good. This is a good Tuesday, Tom. No, aren't you? Uh, aren't you a, a burst of uh, of sunshine? How are you feeling? I'm, I'm a little less sunshiny than you might be. I don't know, but I'm okay. What's going I on, Caitlin? What's going? Spirit. I gotta get in the spirit. Wait, is this the Caitlin that that people had to tell me? No, she's a fan of it. It sounds like she's making fun of you, but she's not. This is the Caitlin that. Those mean people out there thought I was bullying you, but I wasn't. I think you're a nice guy. Oh, first of all, you you, you know you could bully away. I'm sitting in the, the captain's chair. You do you do what you got to do. Listen, I'm not here to pick on you, okay? Yeah, I know you're not. I know I did. I was talking about what others were saying. I was not talking about me. I'm fine with you, Caitlin. I think you're cool. I think you're cool, Tom Sharpling. No, you're sweet to say that. Um, no, I, I, uh, I was just trying to get some context on it because last time I was like, are you, are you having fun at my expense? And you were like, no, I'm not. And then people were like, she's not. She likes the show. That's all. That's all I'm saying, Caitlin. Well, Tom, I have two for the topic of procrastination. Okay, before we get there, how how are you? Uh, what's going on with you? What are you doing? Are you uh, have you watched Tiger King yet? Oh my goodness! Okay. Wait till you meet Joe Exotic. No, listen. I watched this Pharaoh versus Allen documentary. That's like my latest watch, and I feel dirty all over from it. And. Uh, you couldn't pay. You couldn't pay me to watch. You couldn't pay me to watch that thing. You already know the ending. He's a bad guy. Who would have thunk it? Who would have thunk it? Who would have thunk it? 
hey, that Woody Allen, he's a bad guy. I will say though, I enjoyed uh, his. I enjoyed his last eight movies. Um, oh, uh, the one about the Jersey Shore with Justin. I enjoyed Wonder Allen. Wheel. I enjoyed Wonder Wheel, and I enjoyed uh, Rifkin's Follies, and uh, I enjoyed oh, the one where he. He had one uh, called uh, Coffee and Sugar. I like that one. Um, the Cafe Society, Jesse Eisenberg, Blake he Lively. A, he had one called Force Squatly. What's that? The Cafe Society. Oh, I thought you said Force Squatly. I'm just like, well, that one sounds like a sounds like Woody's going in a different direction. No, look, I, I could that guy can that guy could get launched at the sun at this point. I'm t- he's he's 99 years old, and we need to just say, just let him. He he's just he can go away. Just go away. Turn your backs on him. Turn your backs on him. He's a bum. Do I know what you saw? I don't. Yeah, guess guess. Let me guess what you I saw. Use one actor, Patricia Arquette. It has Patricia Arquette. What movie did I watch? A, a Patricia Arquette store movie. You watch Little Nicky. No, I watched Human Nature. Human Nature with uh, that's the that's the uh, Charlie Kaufman movie. Yeah, Charlie Kaufman and uh, Michelle Gondry. Yes. How that was it? Movie. I can only find clips of it on like a celebrity nude.com. Like I cannot find clips of it on YouTube. Very strange. It's a musical at parts. Patricia mm-hmm. Arquette does a little song. Nick, you better not, you better not start. Patricia Arquette called in the show once. I love that woman. She's I love amazing. her. I love the other Arquette. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. I love all of them too. I love all of them. I love them a little bit more than you, Duncan. Always. Um. So how? But I haven't seen that. I don't remember that movie. I don't think I ever watched it. I think I bought it. Uh, I think I bought it used used DVD of it, and then I was like, "Eh, that's close enough to watching it. I'll get to it." And then I never did. You totally get the point. It's like Tarzan, but with a woman. Meets like a science movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, very not good. Okay. Well, I'll see about getting your refund. Is that what you want? You want me to see about getting your money back? Could you? Could you do that for me? How much did you pay to see? Where'd you? Where'd you? Where'd you? Where'd you get it, Caitlin? Well, I didn't spend any money on it, but I feel like my time, like, and let's say I was watching it for an hour and a half. No, then you're on your own. You're on your own. I can't get no. I can't get I can't get your time. $30 from Patricia Arquette. I want $30 from her personally. I can't get you. I can't get you your, uh, your the money you back offer? for your time. Why did you offer, Tom? I offered to, about the, your your actual financial investment. I can't. I'm not here to. I'm not here to to figure out how much your time is worth. And to oh. reimburse you for your actual time, you oh. watch the movie. We all watch things that aren't that, that don't land for us. You can't go get your money back for them. But I would see if I get you a three ninety nine back if you had rented it. 
I'll take three ninety nine. Three ninety nine is perfect. It's not like dollars, but it will buy me like a Snickers bar or something. Well, send me over the receipts, and I'll uh, I'll process I'll it. We'll kick you back. What's that? I'll send it your way. Where did you watch the movie? Seriously, Caitlin. Oh, I think Amazon. I think Amazon had it. Okay. Yeah. So what else? What else is going on? You watched uh, Human Nature. I watched Human Nature. I redecorated my spice rack. Uh, not okay. much is going on, you know. What, what's what's going on in the spice rack? What's the what's what's the dominant spice? Oh, uh, the dominant spice is going to be smoked paprika or salt. I like salt. There should have been a dominant spice in the Spice Girls. Could have just been like the one that like tells everyone what to do, right? I like Scary Spice the best. Actually, Baby Spice, Baby Spice. I take it back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I liked uh, Hungry Spice, the one spice that was always just like, "Hey, let's go do a concert at Hardee's." <laughs> Remember that. Was always uh, trying to make their songs song. Yeah, the extra one that nobody likes. Yeah. So, Caitlin, what do you got for the topic? Well, my mom procrastinated telling me my grandmother died for three years. Well, that is oh. cuckoo bananas. I asked her about it. Like, I was like, "Hey, how's grandma?" And she was like. Oh, I uh, I kept meaning to tell you all this time. She died like three years ago. So that was pretty much the coolest procrastination I've ever seen in a person. Was this her mother? Yes, it was her mom. Well, I've got to say three years is a bit much. But maybe that's the perfect timing. Maybe she did it right because at three years, like, I couldn't even get mad because it was so far away from the incident. Well, I'm going to say this, Caitlin, and don't take this the wrong way. Uh, you know, rest in peace, your grandmother, of course, goes without saying. Of course. Don't sound like you were that great of a granddaughter. You weren't exactly reaching out to check in on grandma for three years. Oh, this is about me, huh? Well, she lives in Alabama, mm-hmm. and I and you, know you only and you only got you only got one of them local phones, right? Those, <laughs> those local ones that that exactly. don't call other states. What do you got? What do you got? Dixie cups with uh, strings running through them up there in Rochester. My walkie-talkie doesn't reach very far. I had to borrow my friend's phone to call you. But you couldn't borrow it to call grandma, so I'm more important than your own Grammy. Well, you're still alive, so what, what was your nickname for your what was your nickname for your for your grandmother? Game Game Gaw? Oh, uh we called her Jimmy Haha. You called your grandmother Jimmy Haha. Yeah, that was her name. I, I don't know why. Pretty good. That's pretty good. Jimmy Haha is pretty good. That's all Jimmy Haha for you. And were you just like, why didn't Jimmy Haha send me a check a check for my birthday? I read the obituary like last month, 
okay? And I'm in the obituary. And I was like, I barely, I've met this woman three times. I'm in the obituary. Well, I got to say, you made it. I made it big time. I'm in a local newspaper in Alabama. You're famous. That is basic fame. Yeah. Oh, I know you from your grandmother's obituary. Wait, are you Caitlin? Oh, wait. Are you, you're Caitlin, right? You're the Caitlin from uh, your grandmother's obituary? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Can I get you to sign a copy of, of the paper? <laughs> what's your grandmother's maiden name? Now, what's the other thing you got for me, Caitlin? You said you got two. Oh, I was in a play in high school, and I procrastinated learning the lines. I thought <laughs> uh-huh. that so much. What play was it? It was called Women in Manhattan, and I was a uh, zesty, quirky kind of, you know, woman with mm-hmm. short hair and a blazer. And um, I don't remember the lines now, but, like, I really crunched learning them like the night before I stayed up to like 4 a.m. Just like, I have this. And were you like, what were the lines? I'm walking here. I had a monologue about how hard dating is. And, and all the greats in theater will tell you that, um, will tell you that when it comes to a big monologue, the best approach is generally to do uh to just kind of do a crash course on it the night before the performance to yeah. not look to not to never look at it until right before the performance i like would have dreams i was reading that script and i would thought like oh i read this script because i had so many dreams i did it that i was like oh i've been practicing right mhm well yeah. look i think the, and how did the pl- actual play go when you got up there for women in Manhattan? You know what? I did not forget my lines. And it was actually my coworker, like my co-partner, my co-seamstress, uh, the actress next to me, who forgot her lines. And then I had to improv around to throw her a rope of, like, uh, you know, actor savior rope or whatever. But... Give me a little bit of the play. Can you, do you remember anything from it? There was something about sweaters at one point. Something about sweaters? Yeah, there was something about sweaters. I was, uh, yeah, I don't remember much now. This was like when I was 18. I'm 26 right now. That's like mm, a long time ago. You'd almost think it was eight years ago. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's the number. Eight, eight. It's eight years ago, Tom. This is a long time. It's been a long time, been a long time, been a long, lonely, 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 lonely time since Caitlin was in Women in Manhattan. Wow. Um that was really something. Yeah, thanks, thanks. Now, now I remember why I thought you were making fun of me last time. No, don't put your day job, Tom. Come on. Don't put what? Don't quit your day job. Don't quit my day job. What? What do you think my day job is? 
Well, whatever the opposite of singing is. Oh. That's cruel. You know how to cut to the quick, Caitlin. I was, uh, Now I know, now I know a little bit more about why your scene partner was, uh, not exactly knocking on your door to rehearse with you. Were you billed on the play as the, the woman from the obituary? Was it like star women in Manhattan starring Caitlin? And in parentheses, it says woman from obituary. Um, yeah, my theater teacher just wanted to, you know, rub it in that my grandmother died. Mm-hmm. So I, I honestly thought it was a little dramatic and it hurt a little bit, but. Wait, what hurt a little bit? Me being known for my grandmother's obituary. Well, hopefully you're known for so much more than that very soon. And I have a good feeling you are going to be known as, uh, as, uh, what, what are you looking to do now, Caitlin? Oh, man. Uh, I was thinking about being a mechanic or something. That'd be cool. Wouldn't that be freaking awesome? That'd be amazing. Get up in the morning, yeah. throw some overalls on. Can you imagine that? Just throwing on some overalls? Yeah, touching old car parts. Yeah. Saving myself some money on all the brakes I'd have to get redone. Yeah, and you're just like, I got to get more. I need more grease. <laughs> yeah, I'll be a real grease monkey throwing around wrenches and whatnot. Yeah. Your face is, you got those grease smears on it, then you go to the candy bar machine in the, in the little, uh, the little, punch uh, it. you punch it. You just like, you know, like the, maybe the thing you just hit the side of it and then a Clark bar falls down for free. Then I put sunglasses on. It isn't even sun shining in my eyes. I just want to look cool and mysterious. Yeah. Yeah. Caitlin, I think you got to go become a mechanic. This would be pretty amazing. You got every part of it figured out except the repairing cars part. Yeah, that, that's the only part I really don't get yet. But the only miss, the only missing element. So good. I love it. You get in there, you start working those machines, right? You wrestle around, you wrestle around with them. I love it. Well, Caitlin. All right, Tom. You have a grand evening. Hey, back at you. Oh wait, keep it sleazy. Keep it sleazy. Okay. That's how I want to end. Yeah, keep it sleazy, Tom Sharpley. Thank, thank you, Caitlin. You keep it sleazy too. All right. That was a nice call. I like Caitlin. She's got spunk. Uh, yeah, she does. She's uh, she. Uh, man, I wish I could be a mechanic. Can you imagine how cool it would be to be a mechanic? First of all, you talk about in life. The, 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 the making money versus mental anguish dynamic. I think mechanic might be the best deal going. Cause if a job is harder, it just takes longer and you charge more. Yeah. It took me three hours to change that carburetor. And so I charged it for three hours. 
I love it. I got maybe, maybe it's too late for me to go become, what was it? What would be, should I go to trade school to become a mechanic? Could probably do it online. Yeah. You got to get ASE certified, right? I don't know. ASE yeah. certified. That's what you a- always hear about. Like these garages, like they're ASE certified. I've had to read that in a commercial or two. Got to call Botech. I got to go to Votech. Thank you, Pat. You get it. I'll go back. It'll be like back the movie Back to School, the Rodney Dangerfield movie, <laughs> but it'll be me going to Votech. Giving everybody a hard time. Yeah, I'll just go in. I'll be like, hey, everybody, I'm here to go to learn how to build a car. Hi, everybody. Tim Heidecker here. We have a brand new Office Hours that just came out of the oven. We've got legendary psych rocker Ty Siegel. And Doug is back from down under. G'day. G'day. And his mommy came with him. Mommy and Gary Lusenhop are here, too. Alicia let me know that she finished the White Album, has thoughts on that. So much more on this legendary episode of Office Hours. Find us on your podcast app of choice or watch us on YouTube at youtube.com slash office hours live. So who are the animals? Because I don't well, smell them. Mike. Yes. What's the most elaborate thing you could do to a car? If you, if you, well, then you can do on your own. Can you change the Earl in a, can you put a Earl, Earl in a car? No, I don't do that. I mean, it's the, the thing about changing your own oil is you got to get rid of it. Yeah, but could you could you throw put down oil, the sewer? You know, it's, you could it's put oil in a car though. You could put a, you would yeah. know how to add oil to a car. Yeah, I recently had to put the uh, steering uh, power steering fluid in. Have you done that mm-hmm. before? I have. I've put my, I've put those fluids in. My car what? is yeah. I mean, it's it's a mess. I, I'm, I'm near the end of the line with this car. Mm-hmm. And what is it again? You drive a Maserati? <laughs> yeah, a Maserati. <laughs> that's it they call you maserati mike yeah maserati mike <laughs> new nickname here he comes maserati mike i think it's you know what i think is a great thing with cars is how uh and especially motorcycles i love how uh loud motorcycles are and i think it's a really great uh <laughs> i think it's just great that people on motorcycles think that that's in any way makes us think us non-motorcycle riders think it is in any way any way impressive mm-hmm. or tough cool yeah or cool <laughs> like i can just say this ever to every dear everyone on a motorcycle if your motorcycle is loud we all think you're stupid <laughs> we said, all do <laughs> everyone does to Nobody. Cars too. Yeah. There's, there's yeah. very oh, loud yeah, cars too. Yeah. Yeah. These cars, you see like some dumb compact car looking. Yeah. Jacked up. Jacked up. And then, and then, um, the car, the car's loud. And then they're just like tearing around on it. And they think it's like, they, th- they think it's just like, Oh, you're looking cool. Uh, oh, wow. Look at that guy. Look at that guy in that dumb honda that's as loud as a truck that means yeah. that usually means your car's broken to me that always meant yeah whenever my car was like louder than it should be it meant oh oh man i hope i don't bother too many people before i get it into the, the shop problem yeah i got a problem these 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 goofballs in these cars think it's like 
yeah, finally, my car will prove how tough I am. It's loud. Do you have People a? Oh, I'm coming. Do you have a drag uh, racing strip near you? Oh yeah, Mike. You know me in drag racing. No, I no, but I mean, oh well, no, every in, yeah, of course. There's 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 dopes doing that stuff everywhere. We're just suddenly it's like it's at night, and then you hear just like, yeah, like yeah. screeching, and you're just like. Well, you guys, you got your pink slips out. You're racing for your pink slips. What is, this? what is this? Grease? They they do it on 440 in Bayonne, and I'm mm. not even really near uh, 440. But at like three, four in the morning, you hear the drag race going on, and you're like, yeah, okay, you know. Mm-hmm. They do it on West Side Highway in the city. It's been yeah, nonstop yeah. since the okay. beginning of the pandemic. Yeah, yeah it's it's mm-hmm. sort of a a, a trend. And I blame those stupid Fast and Furious movies. Yep. Oh, the stupid ones. <laughs> the first one is a good one. Yeah. The first one. <laughs> he you mean the six and seven. He means he blames Tokyo Drift. <laughs> I love. I love in the Fast and the Furious franchise. The first Fast and the Furious movie, the plot is basically they're trying to break up a ring of DV stolen DVD players. And then you move forward eight movies and the cars are in outer space all of a sudden tra- crashing from one skyscraper into another skyscraper driving across the ocean. Like these cars, it's like those that franchise left reality very quickly. They're just basically transformers now. It's basically just a, a, a thing. It's just like, what if we focus on the drivers of transformers? is where Fast and the Furious movies ended up. It started with stolen DVD players. We got to yeah, fi- find these tractor trailers with the stolen DVD players. In it. Now the guy's like, do you think you can make the jump? Watch, watch this. And he crashes. He crashes his car into a helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> and then lands on the blades and gets spun around. Whoa. It's like now they're driving from one. They're landing on the wing of a. They're driving their car off of the wings of planes, and it's like all this. All this started with like somebody just stealing stuff from the from the loading dock of a Best Buy, and now it has just become science fiction. I'm surprised they couldn't work it into the uh, King Kong Godzilla movie for like a little reality into that movie. Well, I got to say one thing with this King Kong Godzilla. I just went, uh, I just met with my bookie. I bet uh, $630,000 on this movie. Which side? Who do you think I bet on? Uh, I want to say you bet on King Kong, but I think you bet on Godzilla. I bet on King Kong. I bet six hundred thirty grand on King Kong. King Kong in the fourth. And King I also Kong is closer to you, human. I also bet uh, the one bet. I don't know if I'm going to win that bet, but the bet I did that I do think I'll win is that I, uh-huh. I, I bet nine hundred eighty thousand dollars that the movie's going to suck. I think I'll win that bet. <laughs> so. well what call we got pat we got what lines 
We got one through four. One through four. Give me uh, line two, please. Best show. Hi. Hi. Hi, Tom. This is Gabe from York, PA. How are you? Gabe? Yeah. Gabe. What's up? What's up, Gabe? Not a whole lot. I'm extremely nervous. I'm sorry. Well, Gabe, first of all, don't apologize for being nervous. Calm down. You take a deep breath. I'm Tom is your friend. We're here. We're going to have a good time. And you just relax and just have, have a, have a, have a, have a, have a, just a fun night talking to, to your buddy Tom. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> and what's going on in York, Pennsylvania these days? I'm uh, not, um, sorry, not a whole lot. Just working a ton as usual. Mm-hmm. Now, where, where are you working these days, Gabe? In a factory. Working in the factory. What um, kind of factory, if you don't mind me asking? It's like uh, cable assembly and stuff like that. It's only a couple minutes away from my house. <clears throat> Will we say that again? It's it's like a uh, cable assembly place, and it's nice because it's only a couple minutes away from my house, so I don't have to travel very far. Well, I'm glad you walk to work. You hitchhike. No, <laughs> I drive, but it's nice because, you know, you don't have to get gas every two days or whatever. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yeah. But, I hear you. Yeah. What do you get? What's lunch usually like for you at the factory, Gabe? Oh, it soup? depends. Uh, like you today we thermos, have. Do you have a thermos full of soup? <laughs> no, but that's a good idea. I'll remember that. Uh, just normal stuff, I guess, like sandwiches. And mm-hmm. today we had we had a delicacy. We had uh, macaroni and cheese with uh, hot dogs in it. it some good stuff. Who made that? My wife. Your wife made it, and then you you eat it. You zap you zap it in the microwave. <laughs> yeah, I race I race up right at lunchtime and. You know, before everyone else, and I'm mm-hmm. make, I make sure to have the food heated up because we both work at the same place. Mm-hmm. So it's nice. Oh, that's nice. You know, then, yeah. <clears throat> you ever, uh, you and your coworkers ever get into the, is there like, what's like a horse play you get into there? You whip each other with the cables? <laughs> no. Uh, I mean, sometimes I, I mostly, I, I work away from everybody else. I don't really talk to anybody all day. We all listen to our music, and I listen to podcasts. All Man, day. I want one. I want one of those jobs where you don't talk, where you don't talk to anybody all day. Yeah, like a dream job. Yeah, it's it's a little different for me because I'm kind of a social being, and I I like to talk, but it's you know. You ever talk? Back, you ever talk back to the podcast, Gabe? You ever talk and you forget no. that it's not a conversation? No. But I do stifle my laughter mm-hmm. a, a lot, and you would think with it being a factory that it would be extremely loud, but it's not. Mm-hmm. So it's like I'm laughing, and I'm trying not to have my 
you know, horse sounding laughter <laughs> echo throughout the building. Now, who are some of what shows you listening to these days, Gabe, when you're, when you're sitting in the, in the factory, uh, working on whatever you're working on? Um, well, a uh, funny thing is I, since I found out about the best show, I've been listening to nothing but the best show for oh, the past year and a half. Gabe, that's music <laughs> to my ears. That's, that's <laughs> you saying this is like, if I was listening to music, you're the music. Cause this is music to my ears. <laughs> well, it, it's the truth. I, um, I've, I, I heard you on the Gilbert podcast and, um, my wife and I were huge fans of Steven Universe. And then when I heard about the best show, I started listening to everything that was on the podcast app. And I finally got caught up yesterday and I, <laughs> I decided to build up the courage to finally call in. Well, Gabe, you did it and you're doing great. And I want to say this to you, Gabe, you got yeah. next time you're at work. Well, next time tomorrow at work, okay. and you're listening to the best show. You realize that that voice talking to you, it's not just the host of the best show, Gabe. It's your friend, Tom. Okay. And you make like in your mind, you fill in everything I say on it. In your mind, you fill in Gabe comma at the front of every single sentence and thought i say so if it's an old episode and i'm saying boy i was i i uh i really like those uh burger king french fries in your mind you hear it as like boy gabe i really like those burger king french fries okay okay (laughs) (laughs) yeah I'm looking on Twitter right now and I see some, some blabber mouth is saying that I'm saying how the Fast and the Furious movies have escalated into insane fantasy so fast, but inconceivably those movies have actually been coming out for over 20 years. Well, I want to say this to you. First of all, that's fair. That's a fair point. Secondly, the rate to go from the amount of movies to have a smooth arcing trend to go from let's steal these blu-ray players to i'm driving this car into an airplane in the air 300 movies would not be enough to not make that a jarring transition (laughs) so you got something for the topic gabe you got something for me I, i do um uh the Sopranos. I don't know if anyone's said it yet. Uh, I haven't had a chance to listen. I was going to save it for tomorrow. Um, but I, I never got into the Sopranos. Um, my favorite show of all time. I know it's one of your least favorites is, um, Breaking Bad. And no, it's every- not one of my least favorites. Come on. <laughs> well, I, I know your affinity for, uh, Brian Cranston and his acting chops. I think he's just a cornball. I think he's a, I think he's an old fashioned scene chewing cornball 
I don't think he is. He don't, I don't think he is Lawrence Olivier is all I'm saying. Like <laughs> people are so ready to just anoint him as one of the all time great actors. I mean, he's like, he's a good old fashioned scene chewer. The world needs good old fashioned scene chewers. <laughs> no, no, Tuco, no. He, boy, did he not like Tuco. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I could have swore you played a little bit of the show, the show just then. No. Tuco, please. You need to understand. Boy, that hat. I'll say one thing. You know the bad, the, the, the villain of that show is the hat. <laughs> the hat is, the hat is what broke bad. They should, they could keep making that show and just make it about the hat. Just show like Brian, uh, uh, Walter, what is his name? Walter, what? what was it again? Walter, Walter White. Walter White. They show Walter White and the hat blows off of his dead head, right? Dead head. Um, <laughs> and it blows just down like a New Mexico street. And then you just see someone bend down and pick the hat up. And like maybe they're getting yelled at by their boss while they're like, yes, yes, sir, no, sir. Just like make make sure you establish like a make make the character real sniveling, right? And and they put the hat on their head, and suddenly they're just like, then you hear brown brown like that Breaking Bad music, <laughs> and then suddenly they're just like, they say to their boss, "I'm the one who knocks," <laughs> and then suddenly it's on. Suddenly the hat. Breaking Bad, colon, Tales from the Hat. <laughs> Sounds amazing. Breaking Bad, Hat Tales. What should it be? Hat Tales? Yeah, I like that one. Stories from the Brim, right? <laughs> the Brim of Madness. Breaking Bad, the Brim of Madness. This week on Breaking Bad. And it could be just like a a, a serial kind of show. Where you just you just kill people off left and right, then the hat just keeps moving on. <laughs> I'd watch it. So would I. So to to do what do you have for the topic, my friend? Um the the Sopranos. I've never. Oh, of course, seen. I'm sorry. I blank. I I got so far off this Breaking Bad tear, I <laughs> lost track of that. My mind's like Swiss cheese these days, Gabe. Ain't a whole lot of retention going on. <laughs> yeah, I can I can barely remember things from five minutes ago half the time. So I'm right there with you. Do we know uh, each other, Gabe? Your voice sounds familiar to no. me. No. Okay. Unfortunately. <laughs> All right. I'd hate to, I'm, I'm kind of dreading listening to the podcast tomorrow now. I can only imagine what I sound like on the phone. <clears throat> You've got friends in low places. You like that music, that country music, Gabe? I used to. Who's your favorite? George Strait? Uh, I like, like the older country, like George Jones and all that stuff. Ah, yes, the Masters. 
Yeah, I don't I don't know too many of their names, but I like the music. Do you like Do you like Willie Nelson? Yes. Do you like uh his son the from uh Ink Master? The judge on Ink Master, Oliver? <laughs> I don't know anything about him. Well, I just want to say this. Gabe I gone I gone down such a rabbit hole on this Ink Master business. You got to help me. You got to help me. I watched four seasons of this this show in way too fast, and now I feel like I feel like I'm on a tattoo judging co- competition. I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm just I feel like I'm living on that show where I get legitimately mad sometimes. I was just like, Sausage did a better tattoo than... It's not good, Gabe. I won't even talk about it no more. <laughs> so the Sopranos, you finally, you put it off for how long? Uh, my whole life, pretty much. Um, I, I only, I, let me try this again. I, I bought it recently. I found the complete series on eBay. Um, and I bought it and, um, like three seasons in or so right now and I love it. I I wish it was uh more binge watchable in, you know, the days of binge watching, but my brain can't handle it. I I can barely comprehend what's happening every episode, let alone try and squeeze more than one episode in a day. <clears throat> mm-hmm. But but you know, after hearing you talk about it on the show and you know, seeing everything in the culture about it and having everybody tell me, well, you know, Breaking Bad's good, but The Sopranos is better. I'm like, all right, well, I guess it's time. And you did it, and then suddenly you're like, yeah, it is better, right? You realized? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. realized that, look, Breaking Bad's fun. So it's, it's, it's a fun comic book. Breaking Bad, Tales from the Hat. The hat blows all the way to your neck of the woods, and a a guy named Gabe in York, PA, is walking into the factory. He tells his wife, bring my thermos of soup in. I just want to check this hat out. And then he puts it on. He looks at it, thinks about it, puts it on his head, then he goes in his boss Gabe where are these cables I told you you had to have these cables done by noon listen here my name's Gabe and I'm the one who wraps the cables (laughs) You wrap the cables. I I uh, cut the cables on the machine for everybody. Okay, and was that just a button? No, it's, it's like a knife, a machete. <laughs> no, it'd be a whole lot cooler if I did, though. <clears throat> well, well, when you got that hat on, you maybe you start showing up to work with a machete. <laughs> what do you do with that machete, Gabe? I'm here to cut the cables. 
That'd be fun, right? Yeah. <clears throat> then suddenly I'm testifying in court that I was the one that put the idea of the machete in your head on the best show. We're both on charges. Your wife's just shaking her head. Your wife shakes her head when she sees me walk into the courtroom, just knowing I'm like the bad influence on you. I'm the one that made that started all this stupidity with all of this. (laughs) Oh, dear, sweet Gabe. Did we lose you? No, I'm here. Did we lose Gabe? Did we lose me? Pat? Hello. I haven't lost either of you. Oh, my. Did, am I gone? Oh, no. Tom, you're here. You're still alive. Oh, no. Tom? I can hear you. We can hear you, Tom. Gabe has got you. Pat's got you. They get bounced. Can you hear me, Tom? Do you hear, do you hear Mike, Tom? Hello? Hello. Anyone from the best show here? Yes. Yes. All All here, Tom. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. (laughs) Pat says, your love. Your love. Oh, that's nice. Your love what? Oh, you're live. Okay. Oh, okay. You know what? We're going to talk more about procrastination, but I'm very excited about my next guest. Uh, there's a little bit of a get in the business of, uh, of broadcasting. We don't have a whole lot of, uh, gets these days, but we get, we got to get this time. We got to get this is a big one. We got Chad Jennings. I mean, look, I've read a lot of this guy's books. Just, you know, make it happen now. Flagrant success code. Get what you deserve and crush it. They made big influence. They, they just big impressions on me through over the years. I don't talk a whole lot about my interest in self help stuff. It, it, it is something that does appeal to me now and again. And when it does, it's Chad Jennings is the, the writer I always go to. It's some kind of life with this guy. Um, he was orphaned. Uh, when he was by, just right after he was born, raised in foster homes, he uh, he was a, he was on the Squawking Baby Owls, the Quinn City Squawking Baby Owls, back when he was thirteen. Won the eighty three Little League World Series. He pitched in Major League ball for the Texas Rangers. Won the Cy Young Award in ninety nine. Big real estate mogul. After he retired. The one book, the first one I read was I Told You I Could Do It, was a huge hit. Um, he did, he was on Celebrity Boardroom. He won both, two seasons. It was season four and I think season seven he won. And then all the mega manifestor books, self-help ones I just named earlier again. They're all great. They've made a huge difference with me. He, uh, it's something I also don't talk about. I have actually attended his uh, absolute abundance cruises, a few of those, to help me kind of get my. Uh, they just help. It, it helps, and I'm not going to push my beliefs on anybody, but I recommend 
Uh, if you're kind of stuck in a rut, looking to make a positive change in your life, I got to, I recommend his stuff. And, uh, Jason, you're, uh, Pat, you're telling me he's on line five. He's live. I cannot hear anybody on the show. I don't know what's happening. Can, can anybody say anything? Can you hear us, Tom? Pat, can you talk? Testing one, two. Can <sighs> you hear me, Tom? Tom, do you hear me? Hold on. Can't hear calls. Can't hear anything. I want to bring this guest on. So Tom has disconnected, and he is rejoining. It's the excitement of radio, guys. <laughs> Live radio. It's happening. Live pandemic radio. Am I back on? Can you hear us, Tom? I can hear you, yes. All right, you're back. I mean, as I was saying, it's it's a, of all the times for me to have some tech problems here mm-hmm. is right before I got uh, somebody who I admire this much on the show, especially. It's a it's a little whatever. I, maybe it's maybe I'm freaked out. I don't know why I'm so on edge right now. Chad Jennings stuff. The books have meant so much. The cruises have meant so much. The Absolute Abundance cruises. I've gotten so much out of all of the stuff. I'm not never going to tell anybody what to do in terms of self-help, personal growth stuff like this. I can say that his stuff has done a lot for me over the years, and it's not something I actively promote on the show because it's everybody's business. What works for them works for me. I figured I'd take a shot in the dark and see if I could ever get Chad on the show, reached out. And one of his reps actually said, yes, he doesn't do a lot of this stuff. So it's, uh, I'm a little thrown, a little on edge. Uh, so you got to maybe cut me a little bit of slack on this one. Uh, so I guess I can welcome to the show, uh, the master of manifestation, Chad Jennings. Hello, Tom. How are you? I'm good. I'm a little flustered. I had a technical problem right as I'm wrapping up this huge introduction of you and then the 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 tech stuff went south on me and i'm just uh it's it's a little embarrassing in front of one of my heroes to be honest no tom here's how you got to look at this you had an obstacle you looked it in the eye you said i'm not going to let this obstacle beat me i'm going to reboot i'm going to do what it takes to overcome it and you did. That's what it's all about. The rest of it is just erased. I don't even remember it. So, cool. you know, you, thank you, Mr. Jenks. I, that helps me. That is a, you just changed my perspective. That is what I did. I got, I kind of indulged some of the negative stuff, powered through to, to get to the positive side though. You did. It, it, it was, it was, I couldn't have asked for a better introduction for what I do. And like you said, I don't do a ton of these podcast interviews. Uh, once I saw your blue check mark, I figured this guy must be a good guy. So I had one of my PR people schedule a chat and it's already a blast. It's, it's going to be even more of a blast. Oh, again, there's that, there's the spirit that 
makes me a fan of you. It's really a privilege. Oh, please. Look, Tom, I'm I'm looking at your wiki page right now, and I, I, I see you've already achieved quite a bit of success for yourself in your life, from your, your radio show at WMUF to your work on Monks and other network programs and your your radio skits and TV appearances with your buddy John Winstead. It's it's quite a resume. You should be very proud. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it, it, um, thank you. It's John Worcester. It's, uh, WFMU. And the show was just, uh, Monk. It was just the name of the show, but I appreciate you recognizing the achievements and it's very flattering. And you are a huge part of all that. The surefire steps to success in order to achieve the things that I am setting out to achieve huge part of me attaining those goals. And I mean, some of the steps are the obvious ones, big time, King time thinking flagrant positivity, prowling the platinum dream board is enormous victory seed planting helped so much negativity. Nuking just clears my thinking. And then raiding my prosperity pantry, for the most part, they all work for me. Like, yeah, absolutely. That 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 is what I love to hear. And you know, I, I see myself as a role model slash life rescuer. So what you just said makes me feel like I'm really fulfilling my destiny here on this planet. But you know, I. I feel like I do need to take you to task on, on two fronts. Um, What's that? Look, you, you might not have the most powerful voice out there, but it, it's time to put away the voice modulator and, and claim your own power, Tom. Uh, I'm, I'm, I swear I am not using a voice modulator. Right. Well, that's something we're gonna have to work on. You know, I think you're, I, I don't think you're being fully truthful. Uh, but, but, you know, that's, that's one little thing. You've shown me that you're willing to put in the work. Um, you know, number two, uh, you know, I, I, I saw the title of your upcoming memoir that you've got coming out. Uh, I'll tell you, Tom, My Life is Trash is not a title becoming of a mega manifester. Um, well, the the book is not called "My Life Is Trash." It's it's called "It Never Ends." Um, yeah. Oh, I'm but, sorry. I'm sorry about that. My assistant Dawn really dropped the ball on that. Uh, well, yeah. Sorry about that. No, that's fine. No, no, don't worry. But you know, that's that's neither here nor there. What is the number one rule of my manifestation method of madness? I, I'm sure you know what it is. The number one rule is bye-bye to negative self-talk. That's right. Because why, Tom? Because when I put myself down, I also put me too. I'm so, I'm so, so, I'm so, again, I'm a little freaked out. When I put myself down, I also put down me too as well. Let's say it together. One, when I, two, two three. three. When I put, when I put myself, myself when I down. Put, okay, one, no, two, one. On on three or four? How, how, about, how about if you count it off? No, you okay. count. Uh, we'll alternate numbers. Okay. One, 
Let me start. Okay. One. Two. Three. When, when I, I put, put myself down, down, I also put down me, down me too, too as, as well. well. That didn't go as, as I hoped it would, but um, but that's that's basically the gist. And Tom, you have to break out of that negative self talk. It's so crucial, you know. You're mm-hmm. not this one little idea you have of yourself. You're so much more than that. And and I'm here to bring that out, you know. Uh, you know, but you you got to be careful because we all have the potential of painting ourselves into a massive corner just like Jack McBrayer and Bad Religion two of my former clients I hate to name them but it's true Those are two of your those are two two that have painted themselves into Yes yeah yeah, with Jack, you know, Jack, Jack wouldn't listen to me. He he wouldn't stop taking those lovable rube rolls, you know. And and, and with, with bad with bad religion, I, I kept telling them that they needed to take a page from their own playbook and make another record that sounds like their second album, Into the Unknown, which of course sounds like an even less rocking Todd Rundgren and Utopia. But they didn't listen to me, <laughs> you know. But like I, yeah. I can't for. I can't force anyone to make the right decision. I can only suggest things and lead by example, you know. And uh, you see, I, I've overcome so many obstacles in my life, from the, the foster homes to my dyslexia to a ton of naysayers telling me I'd, I'd never get anywhere. It, it's quite remarkable how how far I, I've come from those those very humble beginnings and. Uh, you know, um, I, I feel comfortable saying this to you. Uh, I haven't shared this with a- anyone. It, it's not in my memoir for legal reasons, but you're a fellow blue checker. So uh, here goes. You know, for um, for a few hours, I was a murder suspect back when I was playing college ball at Newbridge State. Really? Yeah, it's pretty heavy. Um Basically, in a nutshell, I was out with some teammates at Los Amigos the night before a championship game. We were, uh, you know, we weren't partying, but we were just kind of, you know, try, trying to relax. Uh, we had this big game with we, uh, West Eastbridge College, and uh, some of their players were at Los Amigos, and there was a scuffle with those players. And uh, as team captain, I didn't want things to escalate, so I corralled my guys, and I insisted we leave right then and there. And uh, I made sure we all got back to our dorms, and we got in our rooms, we got in bed, and we were able to rest up for the next day's game. But, um, you know, it turns out the starting pitcher for West Eastbridge got pretty drunk after we left, and he, um, he wandered out into the streets, and he got hit by a passing car. It, it was terrible. Oh, my God. Um, it was awful. And even though he was the main instigator of, of that skirmish at, at Los Amigos, it was devastating for all of us, you know, for anyone involved in that game. And uh, we did end up playing the next night in, in honor of, of that pitcher. And um, we did end up winning by quite a bit, 12 to 4. But um, 
Yeah, I was brought in and interviewed by the police the next morning, and thank goodness our freshman equipment manager, who was also my roommate, little Timmy Miller, he explained to the police that I was in our room while that hit-and-run happened. And, um, you know, had he not done that, it, it would have been a whole other story for me. Who I, I, I might not even, even be here, you know. So uh, basically, I, I bring that up to show you that even under a circumstance like that, I was able to overcome it and concentrate on achieving my goals in life whether it was getting to the Little League World Series, thriving in the majors and winning that Cy Young Award, building a very lucrative real estate empire and becoming a best-selling author and life coach, winning those two seasons of Celebrity Boardroom. You know, it's, um, it's all because I believed in myself and utilized my 10 surefire success steps and also my 32 successory mantras like, I'm deserving of abundance. I focus on my desired outcome only. And most important, I never take anything personally. And Tom, that last one is so important because even when things don't work out for me, I never take it personally. Sure, sure. No, I, I, I understand the value of that, but I, I do just need to say, uh, with all due respect, Things never seem to not work out for you, Chad. I mean, it's like most of us, they practice your teachings. Everybody who's on board with, with your methods, you know, we, we have moderate successes. We have solid successes, but you literally never seem to fail at anything. Oh, well, um, have you tried the step where you tell the person standing in your way that if they don't let you have what you want, they, uh, quote, might have a hard time breathing in the near future? <laughs> <laughs> no, that would be, um, yeah, that'd be a little outside of the, uh, the, the, the playbook, uh, I guess. But, you know, what, seriously though, when you get down to like the way you approach, I wasn't joking, Tom. sorry, I wasn't joking, Tom. About what? The uh, having trouble breathing thing. You weren't joking about that. Yeah. Um, listen, between you and me, blue check mark to blue check mark. Sometimes certain situations call for what I call post gentle persuasion. Oh, I, I don't, I don't like the sound of, of that. I mean, that's, so what, what are you telling me that when, when you can't achieve a goal using, using like the methods that you, you teach and celebrate and charge money for people to learn that you just what resort to, to threats of violence? What? No, no. I use post general persuasion. See, like if, if the passive, positive, gentle route doesn't work, it, it, it's time for some PGP. Well, I got to say, Chad, that sounds like just violence to me. Well, listen, as the old saying goes, it's a flagrantly thin line between suggesting someone might soon have trouble breathing and ensuring they will soon have trouble breathing. You know? uh, that, that's I, I that's that is appalling honestly to 
they, 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 you're ensuring that they'll have trouble breathing. And I want one thing people might not know for, for people who don't know as much about you as I do, you're six foot seven. Is that about what you are? Like, that's correct. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what are you like? Six, seven, two eighty? Uh, 300. 300. Okay. And you, you look kind of like Dolph Lundgren, like when he was in Rocky four, if he was somehow like more intimidating, more chiseled, more just solid. Right. Yeah. I, I, I hear that a lot, but look, I can't help my DNA. I, I went on that, uh, what's it called? Ancestry.com. And I found out my birth parents were both Nordic high-end swimsuit models and also professional alligator wrestlers. So, which, which is odd because, uh, but that was a real niche vocation in the late sixties, apparently. So it, it wasn't, you know, it, it, it wasn't unheard of, but it, it was, it was a rare, rare thing. But, you know, also in, also in my defense, I do take all the other manifestation steps first before resorting to the PGP. So don't paint me with a, a, a broad brush there, please. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. But so, so if that's, if that's the case, then like what percentage of your achievements are still, you would you still uh, consider to be the result of, of this PGP post gentle persuasion? I don't know. 96%. What's that? 96%. 96% is the result of what you, you basically saying what now to people that they might have trouble breathing? Yeah, something like that. Sometimes it's different. How would it be different? Well, like, uh, all right, let's take the, uh, the little league success. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. You know, well, at that time, I had a growth spurt uh, that was a little more than the other kids. I was 5'8", 170 pounds. And, uh, you know, so, I don't know. Basically, I physically intimidated the other players and coaches into letting us win. Is that a crime? Well, I mean, it's not a crime, but it's certainly not. You did not achieve. So you, you literally intimidated them into letting you win the baseball game. Well, hey, I'll be honest. I, I I put that hat on backwards and and uh, you know just start like huffing around in a huff and puff sort of way. That's 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 scary. It was scary for the coaches. Believe me. Well, what about like the when you got when you won the Cy Young Award in nineteen ninety nine? Uh, well, in that case, I paid midnight visits to all the sports writers who voted for the Cy Young Award, and I threatened them with exsanguination. <laughs> Okay. Uh huh. And that's, that's, and then you, you won the Cy Young Award. I did. It was probably the greatest achievement of my life. Yeah. The one mm-hmm. I'm most proud of for sure. Yeah. Yeah. How about all the success you've had with real estate? Uh, in, in, in those cases, I hung reluctant buyers by their ankles over an alligator filled moat. And there's those alligators again. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree, does it? Mm hmm. So that's you when you are always discussing your 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 conquering the world of real estate and all of your your windfalls. That's what that is. Well, 
Yeah, I mean, no, no, no. what a what about like all the the bestsellers? You've had so many books on the New York Times bestseller list. Right. Uh, in that case, um, I blackmailed hundreds of thousands of people into buying my books each time a new one comes out. Oh, my God. It, it's so hard to keep track of all this. The, the spreadsheet of what I have on all these people, it, it, it's, it's very immense and it's very disturbing, Tom. Blackmailing hundreds of thousands of people. Yes, yeah. The and then what about the reality stuff on Celebrity Boardroom? You won two seasons. Of I did, that. yeah, four and seven, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, look, look, I know it's poor, it's poor form to repeat a method of operation, but I, I I did the exsanguination threat to the show's producers. Um, you'd be surprised how effective it is after you explain to them what exsanguination actually entails. Mm-hmm. So when you had to do the competitions on the show, like selling hot dogs while being blindfolded from a street cart in the middle of Times Square, you were, you, the results, you did, that didn't seem to matter with the results because the producers were scared of you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And if you rewatch that footage, you will never really see me do much. Like, there's probably like three seconds of me actually holding a hot dog and trying to sell one to, to someone. Truthfully, I was I was I was in a in a um, in a strip club for almost the entire shoot. <laughs> okay, but you you got your oh my god! Now I just don't even know what to say. It's just it's just dawning on me when you say that about the. Back in college, the story you were telling about the hit and run, uh, the accusation that was a, like a murder accusation. Oh, don't please don't remind me. Yeah. I mean, I got to ask. It's like you said the star pitcher for the other team died. He, he did. Yes. Yeah. 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 And then, but the only witness who could take the heat off of you was your roommate who you, what was his name? What do you say? Timmy? Is that what his name was? Little Timmy. Yeah. Little Little Timmy. Timmy. Okay. I mean, is this, this is starting to sound like one of those prime opportunities for, for, uh, for some, some PGP, uh, regard in relation to little Timmy. Is that, is that what happened? Well, Chad, you got to tell me, were you, were you involved in the, this horrible uh, crime? <laughs> You're funny. Look, I got to go. They're, they're about to start pouring the concrete from my Olympic-sized wave pool. It, it, it was a good conversation. You know, I, I, I appreciate you talking to me. Wait, what? Hey. Hey, you didn't call the cops on me, did you? Yeah, well, I did. I actually did. I texted the Technically, I didn't call him. I texted him. Um, th- this does need to be investigated. It's a crime. And who knows what other things you've done. Uh, it's just like, and you, you're doing all these things through just ugly violence and intimidation. I thought it was through positive, 
a positive achievement and stuff, and you're just a you're just a a, a, a bully. I can't believe you called the cops on me. That's a, that's a flagrant violation of the blue checkmark code. I can't believe this. The blue you I'm, keep saying this blue checkmark thing. What you're really hung up on that? Well, let's be honest. Us blue checkmarks, we're in like a higher echelon. Are we? Absolutely. Well, I'm higher than you by by far. Hey, you know what? I'm, I'm thinking about this right now. You know what? This could be a fucking positive. Maybe I can also violate the blue check code and, and tell the police about the horrific crimes. This rock and roller I know, Kurt Vile, he confessed to. Oh, my God. One night he came to one of our Philly manifestation seminars. This cat is Dick. The things he's done, no one knows about him but me. So, oh, yes. So, look, I got to go, you turncoat. I'm about to manifest the plea deal of all plea deals. Namaste. Chad? Well, I guess that was my interview with Chad Jennings. Boy. It didn't go how I thought it was going to go. I don't know. I mean, if anybody out there needs a copy of flagrant success code or get what you deserve and crush it, just let me know. Hmm. Hero ain't nothing but a sandwich. A hero ain't nothing but a sandwich. That's what they says. So what do we got guys? Uh, uh, we got my, uh, my gang still there. Pat, you still there live and ready. You still there, Pat? Thank you. Jason, you still there? Where am I going to go? Could have just said, yes, I'm here. <laughs> I'm here. I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. I love it. I love this. I love the fight. I love the fight that, uh, that a Jason has. People see him and they think he just looks like a nice guy. This guy's got some fight in him. He's got some fight. And of course, I heard Mike with his, with his snide laughing. It's funny you mentioned uh, Dolph Lundgren. I was trying to get him on the show the, uh, the other day. Yeah, how'd that work out? Well, I'm still waiting here back. I, 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 ain't, I ain't heard him on the air yet. I don't remember talking to him on the best show. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to assume uh, I know how that went. I threw out the line. I'm still waiting. Okay. I like to give him seven days, at least seven days. Mm-hmm. I procrastinated, no, no, of course. I procrastinated on Rocky three and Rocky four, and I finally got around to watching those. You finally got around to watching Rocky. Is that <laughs> that is some major procrastination? Yeah, yeah. Rocky yeah. Rocky four came out with nineteen eighty six. Yeah, we're talking thirty five years. Yeah, you're finally <laughs> you're finally punching the clock on, a, on Rocky four. I just wanted to cur- confirm that my gut instinct on both those movies was correct. You watched Rocky three and Rocky four. Yeah. Look, I'll say this. Rocky three is great. Really? Okay. Uh, yeah. I tried but, to get Mr. T. I'm going to try. I'm working on him yeah. too. I like that. This is where the show's at. Now <laughs> we celebrate the tries on it. <laughs> now we're, now we're celebrating the tries. The show, suddenly we, the show has become Rudy, the Rudy of, 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 it's called the show Rudio because it's Rudy, it's Rudy radio where 
if we try and 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 eat it, it's enough that we tried. It's like Rudy. This kid sucked at football. The, he, he, all he does is cry about it, whine about it. Why won't they let me play? Because you're terrible. I can I can feel this one. It's Notre Dame, best program in the country. I want to play. Okay, well, be better at football. Then maybe we get you out there. No, I'm good. You just knock me over. I'll, I'll wash everybody's uniforms and be a practice player. Well, great. It would be like if the guy who drove the the team bus wanted to play. And they're finally like, hey, you know, the guy who drives the bus, drives us to the away games, really wants to get out on the field and play quarterback for a while. Any chance we make that happen? Well, no, of course not. Why would we do that? Well, he really wants it. Okay. Let's let him play a few downs. Now, we got to start putting some points on the board. How many points for the actor that played Rudy? Who, Sean Astin? I don't know his name. Well, I, I do. I do know his name. Sean Astin, you bring Sean Astin here for that's four. That's a hobbit. You're bringing a hobbit in here. <laughs> oh, okay. He was a, he was a bleeping hobbit. I yeah. don't know. You get, look, I didn't know either. I watched, Goonies. I watched two. He was in Goonies. He was in bleeping Goonies. He's a Goonie and a hobbit. Who was he in Goonies? He was the, the lead Goonie. The lead Goonie. He was Goonie. Really? He was Goonie. He was yeah. Mr. Goonie. He was Goonie. He was Goonie McGoonie. Mike, you also kind of insulted Mr. T and you're asking him to come on. Did you catch that? How so? Were you told you told him that he made a career out of grunting? Well, I mean, it's a big part of uh, Rocky Three. Have you seen it recently? <laughs> I know I'll say this. Rocky Three, he <laughs> should have been nominated for Best Supporting Actor. Mr. Yeah. T. Mr. T. Uh-huh. Tom, uh, Mike, you can skip five. I think I saw five. Uh-oh. I think I saw the last two. Five I had that, sucks. Had that gap, you yeah. know, of three, is five. three and four. Five's when he fights. He fights Tommy Gunn. In the street. They don't even enter the ring. Yes. Five, five Rocky never puts on the trunks. He just, he just fights in that dumb leather jacket in the street. He's got a five hat is, too, right? Yeah. Five is yeah. one of the least satisfying movies ever made. Rocky five. Uh-huh. Terrible. He's like a coach. He's a bot, not a coach or whatever you call, what do you call bot? Is it a coach? Trainer. Thank you. He's a trainer. He's getting rocky. He's getting his protege in shape. Then, um, then he, uh, then he, he signs up with a Don King guy. And in these Rocky movies, there's a, there's a few problems with, uh, with, uh, the relation to, uh, let's just say non-white people. Rocky, Rocky sure seems to only fight communists and non-white people in them. It's an interesting but, thing. But what about when he frolics on the, on the, the beach when he's training? With, oh uh, no no Apollo he, Creed. yeah no he, he Apollo those becomes crotch shots. What's with those crotch shots? That's a little weird. Well, it's 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 it's, it's something for everyone. And people talk about Top Gun. Some people want to see. Some people go to a Rocky movie looking for some good old fashioned boxing action. Other people go to 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 check out the, the them run around in John Stockton shorts. <laughs> yeah. Ding ding! <laughs> remember when? Remember yeah. when Apollo Creed said that, Mike? At when he end. went ding ding <laughs> yeah. at uh-huh. the end of a Rocky Three. 
Yeah. Who's going to ring the bell? Ding, ding. And they show the whole scene. Like they couldn't even work up new material. They show that whole scene at the beginning of Rocky IV. Yeah, no, the the movies get shorter and shorter. (laughs) Uh If they kept going, Rocky Eleven would have just been a clip show. (laughs) Music montage. It would have been Rocky would have been like, I've had a lot of good times in the boxing. And then he would just, it literally would have gone bling, 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 bling with like harp music. And then it would have been a clip thing. Hey, yo, Paul, you had a good time with boxing, huh? Hey, you sure did, Rock. You got to, hey, Rock. And like, you watch the first one. Paulie's just straight up street trash. He's, he's just garbage. He's just like a bad person. Rocky's a hoodlum. Rocky's Rocky's just a like a like a mob tough. They try to re- rehabilitate Paulie and Four with the robot. Yeah, they get the they robot. get him a friend. They but get him a friend. Yeah. <laughs> thankfully, thankfully, Sylvester Stallone's been in an editing bay for the last three years, doing a director's cut of Rocky Four <laughs> that he said there's no robot in. Which I'm looking forward to, and then now they say, they just announced that Michael B. Jordan, the guy who plays uh, uh, Apollo, who plays Creed in the Creed movies, is directing Creed Three, where apparently at some point the boxer needs to become director with this franchise. It's the weirdest franchise where suddenly it'd be like if these James Bond movies, if all of a sudden they're just like, yeah, we just announced. Uh, just announced uh, uh, that uh, Sean Connery is going to direct Thunderball. Like he's in a few of them, and then he just starts sh- directing them. Roger Mo- Roger Moore is going to direct. Uh, uh, Roger Moore is directing Moonraker. Let's take a look at that master shot now. Let's. I'm thinking the camera can kind of sweep from one side to the next. And then I move in, judo chop, judo chop, judo chop. Jaws, Richard Keel turns, faces me, judo chop. I get the bomb. And then we cut away with a wipe that says 007. Kind of like the upcoming show I'm developing with an 11-year-old named Tim Allen. (laughs) We'll use a fair amount of wipes and transitions. Now these Rocky movies rule. Rocky three is great. Rocky three, Mike, there's a lot you can learn from Rocky three. Maybe you were too busy going in with your, your snark fest attitude and you weren't, you did not watch it with, with a child's eyes. You should have, you should have approached it. Oh, there comes Mike again. The boy with the child in his eyes. You should have had a little bit of a child's eyes toward it. And you just listen when Adrian says, you're fighting for the wrong reason, Rocky. Remember, you're fighting for the wrong reason. My heart just breaks for Adrian in these movies, though. She's got so little to do. You know, she jumps up and says, Rocky. She winces. She says, Rocky, she says, you can't win. And then Rocky goes, I'm going to win. You kidding? It'd be the greatest job in movie history. Talia Shire. That's a wrap on Talia Shire. I'll take a job like that. They're not in it much. They wrap you out real fast. 
Everyone, that's a wrap on Talia Shire. Woo. Everybody claps. She gives a hand her a pile of money, uh, maybe a, 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 a crew jacket. It says Rocky Three on the back. She has a she has a pretty easy job now because they they killed her. Well, they didn't kill her. She died. They killed her off. Well, they killed her off. Yes, they didn't the kill her. We didn't see her. We didn't see her eat it in the movie. She she did not die the way Mickey died. Because <laughs> hey, because all we need Clubber, is a flashback in Creed three for that to happen. Clubber Lang, Clubber Lang killed Mickey. So she didn't die in a fight. No, she didn't die in a, in a fight or struggle. Uh, when uh, Drago punched out uh, Apollo Creed, and then he ends up dying, and then Mickey gets shoved by uh, Clubber Lang. Yeah, she didn't get t- Tommy Gunn didn't kill her from Rocky Five. I gotta get one of these Rocky. I got where's my thing like that? It's some kind of franchise like that, right? When I when I think of Rocky thing, when when I think of Rocky Three, the first thing I think of is the pinball machine that gets smashed in the opening scene. What what's he throw something at it? Right. Yeah, it's, he, throws uh, his, uh, he, he throws his bottle. Polly throws a beer bottle at it, and it shatters. And the thing I think about the most is if that pinball machine was created for the movie or not. Like whether it was just a Rocky pinball machine. Because, oh, I'm sure there there were because, Rocky pinball yeah, machines out there. Yeah, that's what I mean because yeah. there was Rocky pinball machines probably at that point. And if did they just repurpose one or did they make one? especially for the movie. I'm going to say this. They made that, they made that one for the movie. They probably redesigned it a little bit. It would have been weird if it said Rocky three on it. <laughs> Rocky. That he's in the world. <laughs> he's in the world of Rocky. And it says Rocky. Rocky three. Three. What's yeah. that mean? You'd be just like, <laughs> what's that mean? It's his third pinball machine. Yeah. Just for the record. It, it was a half pint. I don't think it was a beer bottle. Okay. Yeah. Like, what? like, uh, like a half pint of whiskey. Uh, it wasn't like a glass with his Yeah. Look, I'm going to say, the kids that work on my show, uh, best show, they, they were, then they're, 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 uh, they were, they were still just a, a twinkle in their pappy's eyes when I was seeing Rocky movies in the theater. When I, was, when I go see, I saw Rocky three with my father and I was a little kid that point and i'm not kidding you when i say this i I swear to everybody you'd go see rocky three in a theater and these 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 fine ticket buyers i don't know what else to say they'd watch this thing they'd start stand there were people i swear i swear on my mother's eyes i swear people would get up and kind of like shadow box with the movie (laughs) Because <laughs> it was the most intense experience <laughs> uh-huh. of their lives. Uh-huh. And they're like, because the, first of all, the fights are 75% of the movie. Mm-hmm. The final, the final boxing match. If, if the Hulk was in that match, he would have died. Like no, no human has ever taken as many punches 
as these like rocket punches that these guys in the rocket, the Rocky movies are taking where they're like punching them yeah. and sending them flying across the room. One punch like that would be just like, end the fight, mm-hmm. end the fight. They're like, they're like, doing, yeah, they're doing these haymakers, sending them flying. Yeah, yeah. And they're taking 80 of them. They're it each sounds. taking, they're each taking 80 punches like yeah. that yeah. to the face uh-huh. and still just getting back up for more. Actually, with, when you watch closely, like they barely even land a punch in, in the fighting sequences. They're yeah. not well done. No, they're, yeah. of course they're not. Sylvester <laughs> Sloan, he's, he's, he's covered in sweat. He's literally <laughs> getting back in front of the camera again. He's doing the thing and then he's going, cut. And then he goes, has to watch, has to go watch a playback and then go, shot. He's exhausted. <laughs> of course, they're going to make mistakes left and right in these things. The like guy, the, the guy like tracking the... all the stuff is drenched in sweat and 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 like that uh, whatever, like Vaseline to keep the sweat out of his eyes. Be over at the monitor with him. Your video village. The guy stinks like Vaseline, like Ben Gay or whatever. So you watch these fights. They go on and on and on. Of course, some meathead in the theater is going to start to get into it. I'm not kidding. People, uh-huh. I'm not saying they were in front of the screen training with the movie, uh-huh. but they were like hunched up a little bit like, yeah, yeah, go, yeah, yeah. Like like kind of throwing jabs <laughs> like no, that's, into that's, it. That's I- great. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, the only uh, I've only seen two movies that got standing ovations. And one of them was Billy Jack, which I've discussed. And the other one was Rocky, the first one. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, people, yeah, people really got into that franchise. So, I mean, I wish I was at a theater where people were shadow boxing. Oh, but, uh, as a kid, I never saw anything <laughs> like it. And I never saw anything like it since. Uh, yeah, no, those, those Rocky movies really grab people. I mean, I had a, a neighbor across the street who, who built a ring in his basement after seeing the first Rocky movie. We started, you know, putting on gloves and beating the hell out of each other, you know. What, he started uh, a fight club? Well, a boxing club, yeah, in the guy's basement. No. I uh, I would like to – yeah, they, they would do that. They would fight. The other movie I saw where people did that was um, Class of 1984 when I saw that at a midnight show. <laughs> Same theater chain, the same theater, by the way, <laughs> that I saw Rocky Three. Maybe that's just the, the, the fine folks of Sayerville, New Jersey. Certainly probably watching Sebastian Bach's parents and the, the, the parents of the members of Skid Row were at that theater watching, uh, watching the fight. It could have been members of Bon Jovi also. How did Sayerville, New Jersey generate so much awesome music, right? One, one tiny town. Bon Jovi and Skid Row from the same town? What? Um, class of 1984, when, when that teacher is fighting the, the students at that school at night, when he throws that one kid onto the, the saw in the metal shop, and it's like, like right on his back. And then when he's finally fighting up on the roof and the teacher's like, teacher, help me, teacher, teacher. Help me, teacher. He's like hanging off the awning, of like while the 
the student band is playing, the, the, the school orchestra is playing down below. Help me. And then this dumb kid, he, he, help him, let him lift you off the thing. Then you slash him. This dope tried to slash him when he wasn't, he didn't even help him lift to his feet. He didn't lift him to his feet yet. He tried to slash at him. But then he slashes at him, falls, the rope goes, grabs around his neck. He gets, he gets basically hung over the top of the school orchestra while they play the 1812 orchestra. The theater, I am not kidding you, rose to their feet. You'd think it was like footage at a bar during, during like the World Series. Wow. You'd think it actually happened in the real world. Uh-huh. They, people were screaming and cheering for this movie. I never saw anything like it in my life. We need to bring back. It was like, uh, it was a communal experience. Audience participation. Yeah. And then the only other time I saw that was when I saw up the movie up. Uh No up. You got me thinking about it. I think I saw one guy. I went to see straw dogs in New York and some guy pretended to swing a bear trap at the end. You know, like <laughs> straw dogs, demented. <laughs> can't wait to get back to the cinema. <clears throat> yeah, can't wait to get back to the cinema. See this this happening. I had some Jedi fights in a uh, Phantom Menace screening that I saw. Oh, boy. <laughs> what do you mean? People pretending to be uh, Qui Gon Jinn? <laughs> well, I don't. It's before they actually. It was the the first screening I saw. They had what was that? Ninety nine. Yeah, they had lightsabers, but they were very heated. Like these were clearly people who did not like each other. So um, well, I thought you meant the lightsabers were heated. <laughs> oh, they were. Yeah, <laughs> so did I. They were connected to car batteries. That would be amazing. Swing with a swinging around an actual a lightsaber that actually hurt you. Yeah. Yeah. Those were the days. Let's hope these movie days are coming back. What a great, what a great feeling it would be to go to the theater and who did I see? The guy, guy, is it Eddie Huang? Did a movie, the guy from, uh, the, 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 the chef who also did, uh, uh, fresh off the boat who was like, he's like, I sold my gritty life story to ABC as a sitcom. And then they turned it into a sitcom. It's like, yeah, that's why you don't sell it to ABC, guy. What do you think they were going to do with it? So there's going to be some gritty show in the middle of, in between the Goldbergs and Modern Family. <clears throat> but then he went to like the movie theater yesterday because he has a movie. Out. He was like greeting people at the theater. It'd be just like, yeah, I got a uh, coronavirus from the guy who did uh fresh off the boat. He gave me. COVID-19. First day back at theaters. Got sick. What theater was that? Was it the Arclight? I'm not sure where he was. Uh-huh. I don't know. I just saw a picture of him at a theater. <laughs> like, and then Christopher Nolan went to the movies yesterday. Does he tenant? Yeah, he, he went. He They asked him why he was going. He said, I'm trying to figure out what this dumb thing's about. <laughs> Isn't there a Salt Bay movie in the works? I, is there? You're kidding. You're being funny. You're being a comedian now. 
This guy with his, he's doing a separate show. He's doing a separate show over there. AP Mike's separate show. I think it's called Eat This, the Salt Bay Story. Eat, yeah. Eat great. This, Salt Bay, the Salt Bay Story. Mike, you must be having a blast. You're having a, you're having a little party over there. <laughs> guys, guys, have a good time. <laughs> Glad to hear it. He's laughing it up. Can I say one last thing about Rocky? I III? wish. Yeah, of course, Pat. The the well was dry for Sylvester Stallone after he, you know, made the conclusion of him and Apollo in the second one, and so he went back to the well and went to none other than Bayonne, the pride of Bayonne. The, the, you know who I'm going to say? No, yeah, Chuck Wepner. <clears throat> Chuck Wepner. And so those stories, you know, where he's like uh, fighting a wrestler and stuff, mm-hmm. that was, you know, taken from him fighting uh, Andre the Giant and uh, boxing a horse or whatever he did. Uh, a bear, I think it was. Yeah, he just like. He boxed put, a horse? No, uh, Wepner, no, no. Uh, boxed a, a bear. bear. It was a bear. A bear, yeah. With a muzzle. Yeah. Yeah, Chuck Wepner fought a bear. It's still pretty dangerous, the claws, if you think about it. But yeah, it was, was it for was it televised? Was it for charity? Well, they own maniacs all claim it was on TV. I think it was in Asbury Park. Nobody okay. can find video on it. Yeah, my, it was in the bar. I mean, my uncle had it in the bar, but uh, it was in your friend's no, basement. No, like a photo? No, no, they they had the video with Chuck and the bear, but uh, I couldn't find it. I was trying to help Jeff out, but uh, yeah, Jeff fears it. Jeff fears yeah. it. Did a Chuck Wepner uh, thing called the Bayon Bleeder, which is one of the and thirty for things. Amazing. What's that, Pat? And, and he did the great thirty for thirty. Yeah, that's the one. I mean, the ESPN one. The it's but great. The movie is great too. The movies, yeah, it's all it's it's uh yes. There's a you're right. There's a live action scripted story that Jeff co wrote. And then there's the the documentary that Jeff directed, which is amazing. No, I uh, I don't know. I would have no problem. Could I fight a bear? Yeah, I could. I'd just do a spin kick. That's the thing. That's the thing a bear is not ready for. That's the thing nobody thinks of. If they think you're going to fight a bear. I'm not going to go with my arms out. My arms out like claw like like a bear. No, I'm going to do a spin kick. Bear ain't ready for it. Bear ain't seen no spin kicks in the woods. Suddenly I do a spin kick. Then I, then I, the bear's stunned and I start doing patty cake to the bear. Patty cake, patty cake, baker man. Bake me a cake as fast as you can. And I punch a bear right in the snout. Bonk. And bear's out cold. Got any calls, Pat? I'm looking at pictures of this, and the bear had on boxing gloves? Full phones. Okay, I guess go one through four, Pat. You got it. One's been on hold the longest. And no, it, let's do it. Let's uh, take care of them. Yeah, here, here's one. Hello, Best Show. Hi. Hey, uh, this is Macro from Seattle. Macro from Seattle. This is, this is a, a, a long-time caller. How are you, Macro? I'm doing good. I'm glad to hear it, my I'm, friend. I'm calling because uh, you asked me to call back this week about uh, something you wanted me to uh, watch. That's right. What was it again? 
Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. The yes. Movie. And how was it? The movie Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm just going to say I feel sorry for so many teenagers in 1978 who had posters of Peter Frampton or the Beatles or the Bee Gees who were just psyched to see this movie in the theater. And then they saw that. Yeah, that's the, that's the piece of the whole thing in that Bee Gees documentary that they, they kind of breeze past is that the Bee Gees were losing their audience. And it's just like, but they didn't put Sergeant Pepper and it's just like, they also made one of the worst movies that's ever kind of contributed to people liking them less. It ain't just the downfall of disco. They, 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 they they were greasing the lane on that a little bit with Sergeant Pepper. Then they went out of business. Macro. Yeah. We think about that. Well, you're very, you're very polite. I appreciate that. You let, you let me talk. Some of these other callers, they, they, they think it's, uh, like it's, uh, like we're doing a, like a, uh, Aaron Sorkin play or something where we're talking over each other. Uh, I'm like, well, sometimes I'm on the show. Like, what is this? Uh, Harold Pinter? Was this Harold Pinter? Is that, does that happen in Harold Pinter? People talking over each other? I don't know if it does. I think I threw the wrong reference out there. But anyway, scale of one to ten, what do you give it? Oh wow! Um, I'll say this: um, visually, it is completely bonkers. Yeah, which is kind of a positive. So I'd say a two out of ten. A two out of ten. Yeah, yeah, that's it's about right. I, I I agree with you on that. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> At least the visual parts of it. What was your favorite song in the whole thing? Mine is either Aerosmith doing Come Together or uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire doing Got to Get You Into My Life or Billy Preston doing Get Back. Yeah, I'm going to go with Billy Preston just because he, he brought he brought the most effort per second as an actor in the movie. So yeah, he, was, he was working hard. Yes, <laughs> he was dan. He was a good dancer too. I didn't know Billy Preston could dance like that. Yeah, wh- when he came on, it's like it was a jolt. It was, well, it was literally a jolt in the movie. But yeah. Hmm. Yeah. No. It was. It was a. a, a Fun time for everybody. And now I'm going to ask you to watch it again. Okay. (laughs) No, please don't watch it again. Please. (laughs) I'm begging you, don't do that. So what else is going on, Macro? Um, That was it. I mean, basically this ties into today's topic because I call last weekend procrastinating and watching that movie. So... That was pretty much my the part of the topic. So okay, well, I appreciate you follow the follow through. I appreciate it. 
No, thank you for assigning it to me. The one thing I don't procrastinate in, I procrastinate in everything in my life, but mm-hmm. I'll never procrastinate in best show assignments. Well, you're sweet to say that, Macro. Let me let me ask you something. Speaking of procrastination, the topic on the table today. Do you ever do this? Because this is what I do. Here's my particular brand of procrastination. I turn everything equivalent where I'll be like, I'll be like, oh, I got to get this writing done. But I also finished that season of a TV show. That's something. Like it's like it feels like an accomplishment to do something that's not actually an accomplishment, but I allow myself to go to, to justify it. I think that's fine. Um, I mean, some projects take a while. So if what you're doing is you're just doing increments across the board, um, at least if it's some, even if it's not finishing one thing, if you can get some progress done across the board and you can track it that way, I mean, that's still progress. It's just in a different dimension. I, I can't even do that. So mm-hmm. okay. I have to focus on the one thing and then I get distracted and then I focus on the other thing and then I get, Oh crap, I didn't do the first thing. So I got to go concentrate on that again. So I'm, I'm a terrible multitasker. So at mm-hmm. least, it sounds like what you're doing is what I should do next. Okay. Well, then that's the next step up the ladder for you is that to get to where I get, I'm, I'm at where I'm still disappointed in myself, but maybe you'll be slightly less disappointed in yourself, but still disappointed in yourself. I, I get that the completion part is really satisfying and it's really frustrating to not get to that place and leave it behind. But if you can track that you made an increment in something, at least you can call that a mini goal mm-hmm. and hopefully that will help for you. I got to get to fast. I got to get to to fast bender territory. My friend, I got work to do. I got to get some stuff done. Yeah. Whatever you need to do. All right, buddy. Thanks for doing the watching the movie, and I will talk to you soon. You too. Have a great night. Okay. All right. Bye. bye. Next call, Pat. Oh. Beshow, hi. 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 Who's this? Um, this is Matthew calling from Saint um from Saint Paul, Minnesota. Matthew, how are you tonight? Great. How are you? Good. Thanks for asking. That's very nice. What's uh? Tell me what is uh? What's going on? Are you are you uh? I can't. I I I have no frame of reference for you, Matthew. Are you uh? Are you a student? Oh yes. Um, I um I am a seventh grade. I'm a seventh grader. How's that going? Um, pretty good. Um, you, you miss your classmates? Yeah, kind of. Right now, during COVID, yes. Now, is it true? I've been hearing that certain kids have taken it upon themselves to 
give themselves swirlies, to actually put their own heads in a toilet and to knock their own notebooks out and books out of their hands in the hallways of their homes. No, I don't, I haven't heard anything about that. I've been hearing that bullies will, they call it, they call it E, E bullying where they're just like, why are you hitting yourself nerd? Why are you hitting yourself? <laughs> Yeah. Have you have you come across that at all? No, I've never. That you don't get like a uh, you don't get like an email from like a school a school bully saying like all right I'm going to need you to start hitting yourself and then <laughs> and then you then I'll I'll just zoom on in and say why are you hitting yourself nerd and you'll be like oh you're hitting me <laughs> unless you're one of these e bullies oh. <gasps> <laughs> now you sound like a you sound like a, a nice uh, a nice uh, young person. What's going? On? So what to what do I owe the pleasure of this call, my friend? Um, I would like to call on the topic about procrastinating. Okay, what do you want to say? Um, there's actually this involves around school. Um, I was auditioning for a play, so I had to fill out a form and everything. But I was procrastinating because I was so scared of turning it in. So I turned it at the last minute. And I would have gotten the role, or the, the lead role, if I actually turned it in. And then I went on stage to practice. So I got in. Um, it was a Frozen play. Um, so I got in. And uh, um, and I, I didn't call my parents to tell them I got um, I got the part. So I was just there. My phone was dead. I was with my friend. And I was trying to um, audition for the play. Wait, you forgot to you forgot to fill out the form and had to audition for the play with no preparation and no no permission. Yeah, so I didn't have permission from my parents. So it was a last minute thing. <clears throat> yeah, it was after school. It was like a last minute thing, and I didn't call my parents. And I tried to call them, but my phone was dead. So what happened? Were you not allowed to audition? Oh, no. Um, I was, and I got my friend to, I got a person there to text my parents and tell them I'm at the audition. I'm okay and everything. So I auditioned. I got into the play and, um, and we continued practice. Now, which play was this? You said Frozen? Yes. So like the Disney movie, um, I was one of those rock troll things. Okay. I know who played the snow, the, the, what's his name? Her, uh, what's his, what's the, what's his name again? Is Dusseldorf? What is it? (laughs) Olaf. Olaf. Who played Olaf? Um, it was another another kid. kid. He literally wore a onesie on stage that just had the Olaf thing in it. He was super short, super tiny, and he played Olaf. Okay. Well, and and was this this was pre-COVID, this play, or was this all on Zoom? Oh, yeah, this was pre-COVID. This was um, before we had masks and everything. Now, what's the school play going to be like this year? Everybody going to Zoom in for Bye Bye Birdie? Yes. Actually, that is the play. Are you in it? 
No, I'm not in it. I didn't audition because everything is doing Zoom now. And I all our practice and meets are on Zoom. And I didn't know how I feel about that. So I didn't audition this time. I got you. I got you. <laughs> well, you'll get, you'll get them next year. <laughs> you'll yeah. be back. You'll be back next year. You wanted to zoom it up next year. You'll be back up on that stage. Spanking the boards is what they call it. When you're on a stage and you're, you're dancing and you're spanking the boards of the stage. Mm-hmm. And that'll be yeah, you that up there next year. You'll be like, everything's coming up roses. <laughs> what would be your ideal play to be in my friend? Mm. What's, what's your favorite play? Elf. Um, elf. Wait, there's an elf play? Oh, no, not elf. Elf. Like Buddy the Elf. Elf. Okay. I remember um, my grandma, me, and my little brother, we all went to this play, and they made a bunch of funny, like, real references, like how they said that they never have a Starbucks in the North Pole. Mm-hmm. And we saw that, and it turns out, the person for Santa Claus, the role for Santa Claus, um, actually went to the same school my grandma did. Cause she was a, she would check out all the books and restock all the books cause she loves reading. She loves plants and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was one of her students. Well, that's exciting. Mm-hmm. What about this? Is what if you propose this as next year's school play? Alf, Alf versus Elf. Yes! Oh my god, that'd be amazing. Yeah, I know. That's why I just said it. <laughs> what if it was Alf versus Elf, and so it's Buddy the Elf doing battle with uh, with uh, what was Alf's name again? Gordon uh, Shum Gordon Shumway. Um, <laughs> And they're doing battle, and it's just through the whole theater, and you never know where the fight's going to happen next. Suddenly, it's like, where'd they go? Then the back doors of the theater fly open, and Buddy the Elf and Alf are fighting, rolling down the aisle all the way back to the stage. I'll pitch that to my um, teachers, and hopefully they say yes. I'm telling you, Alf versus Elf. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, um, my friend. Anything else? Uh, yeah. Have you ever watched Alf? Yeah, I have. I haven't. I'm terrified of him, though. Why? He's a he's your pal. Unless you're a cat. You're not a cat, are you? No, but I haven't. So don't be scared. That and I don't know why an alien would come down to space to eat your cats. He never eats the cats. He's just talking tough. <laughs> Alf was on for 48 years. If he wanted to eat a cat, he would have gotten his hands on a cat at some point. 48 years? Wow. Yeah, there were 48 seasons of Alf. Dang, that's a lot. It was on for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, last time do you know who was on? Do you know who? You know how long Alf is on? This is a thing you probably don't know because you're you're a youngster. Do you know who played this? Do you know who played the son on the first three seasons of Alf? Who? Joe Biden. 
Really? He was the kid on Alf. He was the kid on Alf? That's how long Alf was on television. Wow. Joe Biden played the child on Alf. That's how old Alf is. Then Alf is like 70 something now? Yeah, he's like, he's getting up there. He just had hip surgery. <laughs> Alf hip surgery. Alf had hip surgery. Mm-hmm. Well, look, I'm going to say this. Approach your teacher with that idea, Alf versus Elf, and I, uh, I will, I will fly to St. Paul to direct the, the present, the production. Okay. But I'm telling you, I'm rough. I'll, I'll, I'll boot you right out of the show if you're not bringing the goods. I'll boot you right out. All right. I will, I will bring the goods then, I promise. I'll throw you right into a pile of snow. <laughs> Yeah, in Minnesota, there is a lot of snow constantly. That's what I hear. Mm-hmm. Well, I wish you nothing but the best, uh, my friend. Stay stay safe. Stay sane. Get through this, and soon you'll be able to take that mask off and run around with all your pals having a grand old time. Yeah, thank you so much, and I wish you the best of luck with your career. You're sweet. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, I'll talk to you soon. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. Uh, nice, n- nice, uh, nice caller. I've never heard anyone more excited to get on hold. He was well, very, he was very sincerely uh, again happy. Look, I, I'm doing this show. I'm the, I'm the old man of this show and the kids that work for me, they could use a little bit of refreshment to realize what it was like when they were, even though they're not that far away from that kid the three uh, producers on this show, they, they need to be reminded every once in a while. It's like to have the, 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 the sparkle of a child's uh, wonderment in their eyes. What do you got for me, Pat? You got someone else? Yes. I have two people who've been on hold for a while and then I have one complete wild card who I informed. It may not go well. Well, let's, Let's go with it. You want to go with Let's, that one now? Look, give me the wild card right off the bat. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Let's get that throat cleared. Best show. How are you? Um, hi, Tom. This is uh, U.S. Senator Mitch McConnell. All right, hang up on this uh, caller, please. Gone. Oh boy! It wasn't a bad McConnell. Yeah, it was pretty good. They, they, they don't like really The the area code was It was a star search. <laughs> they, How long was he on hold? As Mitch McConnell? was on for three years. I was on for three years. Here, here's what they did. They they oh, called. Oh, with, oh, he had. And like, I could do that. First of all, oh, <laughs> it's me, Mitch McConnell. <laughs> See, there you go. There's the same impression. You're doing the same one too. They called with a with a handler, so it was like, "Hi, this is Tyler from uh, the office of like," and then they put me on. No, they didn't. I swear, I swear, and that's what I thought they were going to do with Tom. Oh. I told him, I said, "This is not going to go well." What if it was really <laughs> said, him? I'll put you on hold, but Tom's oh, not. That's a like fair this. point. That's a fair point. What if that was Mitch McConnell, and I, I just got, I just blew off one of the biggest gets in the history of the show. 
I think he did. Uh, it's me, Mitch McConnell. Uh, uh, but who else does that sound like? That sounds like, uh, uh, I want to say it's, uh, who is that? That's like, uh, Jimmy Stewart. Ed, Jimmy Ed, Stewart. Ed, it's Jimmy Stewart. Zuzu's pedals. It's me, Jimmy Stewart. I want to vote against the COVID bill. <laughs> All right. What do we got? Who else? We give me, give me some, some good ones. Pay out. Here's the longest wait so far. Oh no! I hear myself. <laughs> by. Best show. Hi. Hi, Tom. Who's this? This is Joe in Oakland. Joe in Oakland. Jokeland. Joke. Think about that. I've heard that before. <laughs> you have heard that before. Yeah. Well, you heard it again. Some goofy friends. You heard it again, my. My friend, so what do I owe to what do I owe the pleasure of this call tonight, Joe? Well, I was, call, I was planning on calling in anyway, but the topic kind of fit with what I was going to call about. Um, I've yeah. been meaning to call the show for four or five years about Sarsaparilla, the singing gorilla. Yeah, that's one of the things that uh, Jason Dudio uh, Gore. Used to, uh, I think he was. Were you, were you, Jason, friends with Sarsaparilla? He left. Never I think mind. he just doesn't want to talk about it. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, would you? <laughs> oh my God, Mike! Mike, it, Mike rolls in with the harsh. I want to say this also, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, my friends, listen to the show. Check out on Twitter. Kerm Dubs, K-E-R-M-D-U-B-S, and follow Kerm Dubs. I'm going to follow Kerm Dubs right now. These these videos are pretty good. I support Kerm Dubs. I think everybody should check it out. They're bizarre, and uh, it's done by my uh, the guy who's like my uh, my frenemy. I guess is the best way to say it in life. Zach, Z-Man, Zach Walliner. But he has a Twitter account called Kerm Dubs. He makes these pretty amazing videos. No joke. Telling you seriously, check them out. I think you'll like them and spread them around. Let's, what if we got our, what if we got our pal Z-Man, uh, to blow up as like a, a internet superstar? Wouldn't that be wild? So, Joe, what do you got? Joe. Uh oh. Hold on a sec. Let's see if this is still him. Hold on. Is this Joe? Yeah. Sorry. Joe, what do you got for me? Uh, I just want to, I was just calling to talk about Sarsaparilla. That's all. Um, I've yeah. A couple times when I lived in Atlanta, it was pretty funny. But uh, So, wait, tell me about Sarsaparilla, the singing gorilla. Which is a, um, a, a, a creature of a mythol a mythological creature on this show now. People have heard tell yeah. of the the singing gorilla that would show up at car uh, dealerships and uh, car washes and uh, auto parts or anything anything car related actually 
was a good, good, the odds that you would be that you'd run into Sarsaparilla, the singing gorilla at them. Yeah, actually, so I'm open at a bunch of punk shows at the and it was, um, And it was a guy in a gorilla costume? And it was a blue gorilla costume, and he played an upright bass and uh, just did weird covers. A friend of mine saw him do the entirety of the Who's Tommy as an opening act one time. That's impressive. It was pretty terrible. <laughs> and was was it was everybody having fun at his at Sasparilla's expense? Uh, yeah. Everyone kind of just ignored it and just was waiting on other bands to play. It was. So yeah. what would a show be? You'd go see the Black Lips and Sasparilla the singing gorilla would show up. Uh, Carbonos, yeah, basically, because there there weren't a whole lot of bands at the time when I lived there, so. How good were the Carbonas, right? Oh, man, they were the best. Still the best Atlanta band, I think. What a great band. Do you think they're the great, the best Atlanta band? I think so. Who would, who would be, uh, who would come close? Oh, man. Can't even think of anybody. Rem? Maybe Neon Christ. They were Athens, I think, but. Uh, Rem? Rem were not from Atlanta? Oh, Athens, yeah. They were around. Really? But, uh, yeah. You sure about that? Mm, 90%, yeah. Hold on. Let me get this straight. The band, everyone, everyone gets hurt. Rem, that band. Oh, not from, I don't know that one then. They were not from Atlanta. They're from Athens. Yeah, unless it's, um, I don't know what you're talking oh, about. You learn something new every day. How about that? So um, <laughs> what was another great Atlanta band? Oh, man, there was who's the old ones, Neon Christ, uh, early 80s hardcore band. Uh, what about that band? What about the band? Uh, what were they called? Remember they had that song, I'll Return as a Bird. What was that band, remember? And they were on Merge? <laughs> oh, I don't know that one. Hold on a second. I got to look this up. I got to look this up right now. Return as a Bird. Hold on. Return as a Bird. It was a song by... Uh, the Rocketeens. The Rocketeens, yeah. Oh, yeah. I know of them. That was yeah. a, you know of them. Yeah. I'm typing this right. So Outcast are not the best Atlanta band. Oh, yeah, Outcast maybe. Or Black, Black Lips are probably the best Atlanta band, but I don't know. Black Lips when they were at their when Black Lips were at their their peak. That's on that's some untouchable business, man. Yeah, that was great. When they spit <laughs> they smooch They'd smooch a little bit, spit, have a good old time. Yeah. Crisscross were from Atlanta. Were they? Yeah. (laughs) I was a little kid. Yeah. I was always more a fan of another bad creation personally, but that's, we each have our, uh, our thing. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, so what what else you got for me, my friend? Um, I was wondering if I could propose a future topic for the show. Yeah, why not? What do you got? Uh, 
was thinking about um, the craziest thing you've ever seen at a show, a concert, not involving a band, as in like a crowd antic or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I could see that. I could, that's a good topic. Craziest thing you ever saw at a show that wasn't the show. Yeah. Okay. Very good. I'm going to do it. I get my kicks at the playground, you know. Good song. (laughs) Thanks, buddy. Next call. Best show, hi. Oh, hello. Here's um, the third greatest person in the world. Sarah from England. How are oh you doing? Goodness. Oh, my goodness. As I live and breathe, yeah. one of my um, all-time all-time favorite callers. One of my all-time favorite callers is back again. How are you, Sarah? Wait, do we lose Sarah? Unfortunately, we just lost her. Hopefully, what? Hopefully, she'll call back. All right. I don't know. I don't have a. Uh, is she on Twitter? I could try to message her. That's all right. Oh, wait, hold back. on. There's someone calling in. Okay. Let me, uh, let me see if this is her off off mic. I don't know if Mike's ever lost a call like that. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Yeah. No way. Be... Never. Yeah, I don't remember that happening. Yeah. Well, well. Weird. I get my kicks at the playground, you know. I also accidentally hung up on some some other kid that just called. Well, <sighs> it's too late for a kid to be calling. It's eleven twenty eight. I know. Someone said it was Robert from Manhattan. That wasn't the name of the last kid, was it? No, it wasn't. Okay, that, that kid was in Minneapolis. All right, let's wrap it up. All right, there's <laughs> let's one wrap last it up. Long, long. Okay, wait, call. Here we go. Here we go. Let's take it. Final call. Hello there. Hi, welcome to the best show. To whom am I speaking? Can you hear me? I can. Yes, I can. Can you hear me? Yes, I can, Tom. What's up, my friend? Who's this? Uh, this is Joseph from Manhattan. Joseph from Manhattan. What's up, Joseph? Now, somebody was saying you were a child. Is that true? Me? Uh, no, no. Uh, no, not quite. <laughs> You're not a child? Uh, no. Are you young at heart, at least? I'm sorry, can you repeat that? Are you young at heart? Um, yeah, I am young at heart. I would say that I am. All right. Well, what do you got for me, buddy? I had something for the topic, Tom, and then I had uh, a small thing after that. That was okay. I'm ready. Yes. Let's hear it. Okay. Regarding procrastination, uh, I procrastinate just about every single day of my life at work or with other responsibilities. But the, uh, the only interesting thing to me that I procrastinated on that's not a boring day-to-day thing was in the, uh, the middle school when I was maybe 13 years old and had to work on some homework over a weekend, either studying for a science test, which was considered one of the I guess four most important subjects in school at that time, or one of the most weighted as far as grades, 
or I could waste my time uh, creating the cover of a report I did about Coca-Cola for technology class on soft drinks. And okay. uh, I totally did not want to do the science class or the studying and spent pretty much my whole weekend creating what I was, uh, I think I even called when I was 13 years old, the Sergeant Peppers of my uh, report covers uh, for Coca-Cola. Mm-hmm. Carving wow. out of cans. You went down the wrong road. You, you couldn't resist, could you? No, no. I mean, uh, soft drinks are just much more interesting to me than science and uh, still are to this day, even though I kind of work in science. Now. Yeah, I'll say this. I'm more interested in soft drinks than science. Uh, it's, it's a wonderful thing, uh, the flavor and the bubbles. But you can combine them. Hold on a second. Hey, Pat, it looks like Sarah's calling. She's saying on Twitter. I um I've I've answered a couple of calls that that um I don't hear anyone on the receiving end. So tell okay, her. Well, if you can get Sarah. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to get um okay, every time right, I answer, but I haven't heard her. All right. Now, so why don't they just do? Why don't they? Why don't these eggheads help us out a little bit? And like when you do the erupting volcano at the the science fair, make it Dr Pepper coming out of the thing. That'll hold oh, our attention. Right. Either that or just have people try to drink Moxie Cola. Moxie Cola? You ever had it? I never had it, no. I learned about it while doing research for this project, and it just sounded cool because they had a, a slogan or they had a mascot, the Moxie Man. and It sounded interesting. By the time I tasted it years later, they sell it mainly in New England. It tastes like uh, 70% mouthwash, 20% ginger ale, and then 10% just... Uh, carbonated water on top of the ginger ale. Ugh. Yikes. Oh. Right? Yikes. Yikes indeed. I don't know how it's been around as long as it has been. All right, my friend. Now you made me thirsty. You got me thirsty. Well, you can always grab a soda if you got one. Might as well go for a soda, just like our friend Kim Mitchell said up in, in Canada. Thank you, I like buddy. Dr. Brown's line myself. All right. I do too. I like Dr. Brown's cream soda. That's some good cream soda. Oh, yeah. I've been trying to order as much as I can, but I think I order too much because they always run out of it these days in the last Yeah, There ain't no such thing as too much. All right. Well, I'll take good. up the heart. Good night, my friend. Have a good night. You too. Pat, anything? We have... Um... One more call on hold, but I'm also messaging Sarah trying to get her to call back because I couldn't hear her. I'll take the call on hold. Let's see what happens. Thank you, Pat. Best show. Hi. Oh, hey, Tom. How are you doing? Good. To whom am I speaking? Uh, Hi, this is Rachel in Des Moines. Rachel in Des Moines. This is a good caller. I like Rachel in Des Moines. (laughs) We've spoken before, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So what's going on, Rachel? Oh, uh, I actually have a bit of a procrastination success story, if you can call it that. Um, I did not go to the dentist for a long time as an adult, and it just became one of those, like, the longer I didn't go, the weirder it was that I hadn't gone, and I just had this big mental block about it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and then, But then you finally did it. Yes, I did. <laughs> 
and they didn't judge, at least to my face, they didn't judge me. Maybe in the break room, it was a, a laugh, but um, the place I went was really nice and uh, understanding. And uh, I just, and I got back into a regular schedule and it, it worked out uh, pretty well. So to my fellow procrastinators, you can overcome. You can do it. You can overcome it. You can overcome the procrastination. You just got to lock in on it. It's hard. I fight with it every day. I could sit there. I could sit there and I could be like, well, I finished off those Oreos. That was work. (laughs) That was like a task needed to get concluded. And I, I wrapped up a task. Now, wouldn't you say this, Rachel? Can I just ask you? I'm looking at this Kerm Dubs. I plugged on Twitter Kerm Dubs. Our friend Zach Walliner, Z-Man, Kerm Dubs, where he does these funny videos. Okay. This guy can't even even throw me a follow on it. Oh. I'm following his account. He ain't following me. That's that's disrespectful. Thank you. Especially after a plug. Especially after a plug. And then he even wrote, thanks for the plug. Well, thanks. Thanks for the plug. Where's the the follow? Where's the follow, Kerm Dubs? I'm, 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 uh, close to saying everybody out of the pool. I'm, I'm close to saying everybody out of the pool. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'll give them a chance. Okay. So what else is going on, Rachel? Anything else? Oh, the, the, well, it's going to be coming soon, the having to mow, you know, cut the grass again. And that's another big one I procrastinate on. I always like look up what the time of the sunset is that day and then subtract the time it takes to mow. And I don't start any sooner than that. I, that just, mm-hmm. It's a technique that works for me. <laughs> what kind of mower are we talking about here? Just like a snapper push mower. Push mower. So you get that thing. Do you do you put the bag on, or do you like to get the leavings just tossed back into the yard again? Just back on the yard. Yeah, I don't have a back bag. Yeah. Do you get a lot of that? You know, what's so funny when you mow the lawn, you get that that kind of like damp grass, and it goes like, blah, 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 and it like clogs up the blade. Oh yeah, you have to, well. That's why you can't, you know, wait too long, or you get that dew on the grass and stuff. It gets in, into trouble. Then you're always then it's always then it's always stalling out. Then you got to flip the thing upside down, start scraping the grass out. All I picture when I do that is the things that start back up, and my hands going to go uh, be a casualty. Oh my gosh, I know exactly what you're talking about. You, you have that it's the first image that comes to mind, yeah. and the same thing with trying to clean something out of the sink, even though you know no one is anywhere near the switch for the disposal. Yeah. It's just only thing that can come to mind. That's all I picture. Well. <laughs> There goes there goes my hand. <laughs> I'd way better have a hand. Yeah. Got one to at least I got one left. Let me yeah. reach in with my other hand and get my hand out. <laughs> well, there they both go. Wamp <laughs> wamp. No. <laughs> now that would be awful. That's what well, those are the fears I carry way too much of. Uh, what do they call the intrusive thoughts? Something like that? I just call it Tom Tom. Oh no! <laughs> that's when that's when my brain's like, it's Tom time. Let's start thinking about your hand getting ri- is, is chopped up in the lawnmower. Oh god! 
Well, be careful out there, Tom. We you need too, you. Rachel. You too. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you. Bye-bye. You, you have a great night. Okay, bye. Thank you. You too. Pat, anybody else? Uh, there's one more, but, um, and Sarah just tried again, I think, but didn't get it's, it. It's all right. We'll get Sarah. Well, Sarah, we'll get you next week. You're still my number one all time favorite call in the history of best show. Sarah's great. Yeah. Now give me this, give me your last call and we'll wrap it. Best show. Hi. Hey, Tom. How are you, man? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much. To what do I owe the pleasure of this call? I was calling on the topic, but first of all, I am uh, hanging out watching the games. NBA is on. We're out by the pool watching the games. No spoilers, but they're great games. And I know what, you're. Well, what games? Give me a, give me so what game? Well, currently we're looking at, uh, Blazers and, uh, uh, New Orleans. Okay. Yeah, you know, Zion. We got Zion versus, uh, oh, he just keeps on going. That's not the point of the call. I'm sorry. It's all right. All right. Hang up on this guy. He's, he's too busy watching a basketball game. What a disrespectful final call for a show. That just, uh, it just turns my stomach. The nerve. The nerve. Thank you, Mike. Thank you. Mike gets it. Mike gets it. That's when I, that's when I'm glad Mike doesn't always have the, the child like view of the world. Sometimes I need the, the, the wizened adult. What if we had like a little competition where the three of no. us? <laughs> Go ahead. Well, we, we, we came up with an anecdote where we saw things with the eyes of a child. You know, we have a week to, to, to perceive the world. You know what? With the eyes Mike? of a child. Mike? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I think it could be good. You each get two minutes of airtime to tell your childlike story. Uh, uh, yeah. And I'm going to be busy throwing up. <laughs> <laughs> but you bringing this on, you, you, you want us to have the eyes of a child. You know what, Mike? Yeah. You're right. Dag Nabbit, you're right. <laughs> And I want to say uh, thanks to everybody who uh, called and participated. A lot of fun tonight. And uh, thanks for listening. And I'm seeing that there's just horrifying stuff going on in Atlanta. Just horrifying. That's just I, I just heartbreaking. So everybody, uh, I don't even know what to say. Be safe. Be hold it together and take care of people just the world is always nothing you can do it's the worst sometimes thank you everybody we will be back next week and i'll play uh some music on the way out and we will talk next week here is something from an artist called 
Eh, I'm not playing anything. Good night.